When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Well, Eric Adams is finally, and I say finally, going to our southern border. He has been complaining about it big time and talking about all the migrants, of course, coming to New York City. And if you were listening to our flagship station, our great news guy, Bob Brown, was talking about the fact that it's cost New York City a billion bucks. Uh, 40,000 migrants have come to New York since May, most of them bust in. And Adams has said, you know what, Uh, we would love for the federal government to pay for it. We would love your help. Uh, We're a sanctuary city. We're going to take them all in, but we're expecting the feds to basically cover it. And guess what happened? The feds came back and said, we're just going to give you a little drop in the bucket. I also think tonight, as I hear about him going to the border, first of all, he's a day late and a dollar short. He's a few years late and a dollar short. He should have been down there well before this. And second of all, isn't it interesting, the timing of it all, at a time right now where President Biden, I think, looks extremely weak. You look at what's going on with the classified documents. Uh, we're going to talk about that later on on the Rita Cosby Show because, boy, is that a mess for President Biden. It could not be more of a disaster, I think, for him in so many ways. So he's certainly vulnerable And boy, his visit to the border was a disaster. I mean, when he went down there, it was like, uh, 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 you know. And then we had the president of Mexico thanking President Biden, remember, for not building one meter of border wall. I mean, if that doesn't make the American president look weak and look like he's doing nothing, which he isn't doing on the border in terms of security, I don't know what does. So we have a very weak President Biden who just had a three-hour stopover basically at the border and didn't even visit the migrants, remember? He's walking along the border wall that he wants to take down. So, I mean, there are just so many ironies about President Biden's visit. So I'm curious to see what Eric Adams has up his sleeve. I think there's two reasons. One, he sees a vulnerable President Biden, and I think Eric Adams has some higher political aspirations. So I think there's a lot more to this visit in terms of the timing. That's one. And two, I also think he's going to go, well, you know what, President Biden, you didn't see the migrants. I went and saw the migrants. You didn't go here. I went here. He's going to say, I don't want it to be a dog and pony show when I go down to the border. Again, many years too late. It's a real visit to the border. It's a different. I think he's trying to upstage President Biden in every shape or form. So what do you make of this visit by Eric Adams? Do you think I'm right? 
that this is sort of a precursor to him thinking, hey, maybe I'll try to run for president. President Biden's not looking too good these days since those classified documents show up uh, in the Corvette and everywhere else. Uh, And also the visit was so lame to the border. And it comes as a time that the federal government is clearly not giving any funds basically to New York. I think Eric Adams thought going with a tin cup like, oh, we'll get some funds. And we didn't get any funds. So I think with all of those things, it's sort of uh, up yours, if you will, President Biden and the administration. The timing to me, you can't escape it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What do you make of the fact that President Biden went to the border so lackluster? And here it is. Surprise, surprise. Eric Adams is there basically less than a week after President Biden goes down there and within days of what I think is probably the beginning of the end of President Biden's uh, presidency with all of these classified documents. 1-800-848-9222 is the number to call. 1-800-848-9222. Here is, by the way, this is Mayor Eric Adams of New York. Just a few uh, hours ago, he was on PBS NewsHour, and he basically said part of the reason we're going down there is that the federal government just seems out of touch. And what are we going to do? Not just New York, but Chicago and Washington, all these states that have been absorbing tens of thousands of migrants. So he said that's the reason he's going. New York City, as you well know, has always been a city of immigrants. You have said that you want New York to remain a sanctuary city. How has that perspective changed, if at all, uh, given the number of governors from red states and even from Colorado, a blue state, who have bused migrants to New York, some of them trying to make political points. But you have said before that that has really pushed the city to the breaking point. No, and that's so true. And we should be clear that prior to this current uh, crisis, New York state was already receiving a large number of migrants and asylum seekers. This has always been uh, the gateway for those who want to experience the American dream. But that dream should not turn into a nightmare when you're placed on buses without necessary care, no COVID testing, uh, lack of proper food, and just rest to take care of your basic human needs. Uh, that is not who we are as, an Amer- as Americans. And I was extremely disappointed uh, when the governor of Colorado joined the red states and uh, sent buses here to New York. We had a conversation with him, and he has agreed to work with us and coordinate uh, to make sure that we add our voices to the national government, solving this problem in a real way, a decompression strategy that the entire country could absorb this influx. Yeah, but no criticism at that point of the whole national security debacle that is our U.S. southern border. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like he's sitting there saying, well, we need help basically for processing. I feel so bad that they're put on a bus and maybe uh, what it doesn't have uh, caviar and lobster on the bus. Uh, By the way, there have been stories of late that in New York, for example, workers at the Rowe Hotel, where a lot of these migrants are being put up at taxpayer expense, for $400 a night rooms. And also there's the Watson Hotel, which is another hotel. All of them are like really nice hotels that are like three, $400 a night. And guess what? They're being put up there. And it turns out in the Rowe Hotel, 
that a number of the workers say that every night they basically see these large garbage bags of food that was thrown out, prepared every day for the migrants, but they don't like the food. They don't think it's good enough. What are we doing here? The food's not good enough. The bus isn't cozy enough for them. And now we've got Eric Adams not complaining about the open border policy. If he does that, I'll say kudos to him. But let's see if he really gets to the heart of the matter as opposed to, oh, I feel so bad for them. What more can we do? You said you're a sanctuary city, and now you're complaining that they've come to your sanctuary city, and we're all paying for it. But you're not criticizing President Biden? I think he's clearly trying to upstage him, if you will, by going down there right now. But let's see if he has the guts to say, you know what? My president, President Biden, it's the same party. As Mayor Eric Adams, my president has been a disaster and one of the worst for national security in American history. If he says that, I'll say bravo, Eric Adams. And anything short of that, to me, he can't have it both ways. Take a listen. Here he is talking about how the migrant situation is stretching New York City resources, but not to get rid of them and not to tighten the border. It's to make sure that they get more perks at taxpayers' expense. The influx of migrants, asylum seekers who have found their way to your city. More than 800 asylum seekers arrived in one day last week, more than 36,000 since this past spring. How has this affected the city's social safety net and how do you aim to address it? It is a major impact not only to our safety net, but also our recovery uh, coming after uh, the pandemic and making sure we could provide the basic services for everyday New Yorkers. Uh, As you indicated, uh, 36,000 people showed up on our doorsteps and we did what any New Yorker would do. We provided for them not only housing, a place for them to sleep, food, healthcare, we educated a substantial number of children and we also providing the necessary mental health support that is needed. But we need help and that is why we're calling on the national government to not put this burden on our cities. El Paso should not be going through this. Washington, Houston, New York, uh, none of our small or large cities should be experiencing this. In other words, give us more money so we can take care of more migrants. I I mean, does this make any sense to you? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jim. On line three, Jim, your thoughts about this. It really is incredible. He's going down, by the way, tomorrow to El Paso, same location as President Biden, uh, making multiple stops. And then he's going to be doing, you know, a bit of a media availability. Let's see what he says. Right, Jim? Hi, Rita. I think he's just showboating because he wants to run for president. You know, he's all puffing, no, you know, he just he struggles to sound intelligent. People who are intelligent don't have to struggle to sound intelligent. He's just, he's just out over his skis. And the money, there's so much corruption with that money. They have friends and family that form nonprofits and companies, and they funnel these, this money. No one tracks this money where it goes. You know, just like uh, de Blasio's wife. Where did all that money go? Yeah, so many questions about the Thrive. By the way, what did you make also, Jim, in the middle of all this? Um, to me, there's just something really unseemly about the fact that these workers at this hotel that, again, is all covered by taxpayers, um, and it's a nice hotel. I'd love to be put up at the Rowe Hotel or the Watson Hotel and order room service left and right. 
um, and they don't think the food's good enough. They're throwing out the food. They're complaining about the quality of the food, uh, basically saying eh, it's not good. And apparently they're vigorously complaining about it, too, to the staff. Talk about arrogance, Jim. Well, they're being coddled from the minute they get here. So they think they could demand what they want. You know, what I mean, they're 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 spoon feeding them everything, phones, money, clothes, housing, just to spread them throughout the country to increase the Democratic the Democrat voter base. That's what this is about. It really is. I have a, I have an interesting take on Biden's Corvette, too. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. We're, we're going to get to that later on. But go ahead. Tell me now. Go ahead. Jill Biden was married and she was working for, for Biden and she started having an affair with Biden and how her husband found out her husband had a Corvette convertible, I think it was. And someone spotted Joe Biden and his wife at the time driving around in his Corvette. And that's how he found out about the affair with Jill Biden and Joe Biden. Joe Biden was driving his Corvette, cheating with his wife. Oh, that? No wonder he keeps that as his coveted uh, possession. I don't know if it's that same Corvette, but it was a Corvette that her husband had that she was driving around with Joe Biden having an affair. That's the moral fiber that you have in the White House right now. Wow. I, by the way, I do remember hearing those stories about the affair. I didn't know the now infamous Corvette has interwoven with all of that. Wow, Jim, good to know, because we're going to talk about Corvette Gate and uh, Car-a-Lago. I call them both that. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that in the next hour and take a lot of calls on that, too, as well. Jim, you are a fountain of information. Thank you very much. And everybody, when we come back, what do you make of the migrants complaining about the quality of food And also now Eric Adams, for the very first time, is going to our U.S. southern border, the same city as Biden, tomorrow. Is he trying to upstage him? I agree with what Jim just said. I think he is thinking of a higher office, maybe president of the United States. He smells a little bit of weakness in the water. I think they should smell a lot of weakness in the water uh, with Biden's status of late, with all these classified documents that seem to be scattered all over the eastern seaboard. Uh, But I think he is thinking of future plans, but he is still trying to have it both ways, saying, oh, we need more money so we can have more migrants that are busting our social system. Does that make sense to anybody? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Some of Eric Adams' songs and his comments are classics because he keeps saying, yeah, come, come. Remember, he greets the migrants, the illegal migrants, when they come off the bus. And now he's complaining that he's not getting enough money from the federal government, so we can't have more. And yet he says it's busting the social system. Mr. Mayor, you can't have it both ways. That sounds like a slick politician who's seeking higher office. Remember when he said this, when the migrants arrived to New York? Take a listen. Let's have immediate 
translation services to assist that people can have access to the services that are already available. We have to expand uh, NYC care to make sure everyone has health care. We need to make sure we have proper translation services in our schools so that we can start building out the future as well. We are going to fulfill our moral and legal obligation to house everyone that enters uh, New York City. Uh, that is what we have done, and that is what we will continue to do. And you got a big old neon sign saying, guess what? Open border, open New York City. And you wonder why they're coming here. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, Line 7. Dom, your thoughts about this? Rita, Eric Adams is definitely running for president because he is smarter than Biden, blacker than Kamala, and certainly way blacker than Donald Trump, both living in New York City. (laughs) You know, Lady Liberty said, give me your tired, give me your poor. She should now add, give me your thieves and your perps, because I, Lady Liberty, also of the lady of the off, for, and by the politicians. Well, you know what's interesting, Dom? I find the timing of this. I actually think you're right about him wanting to run for president. That was my first thought was like, because Biden just went. It was so lame. um, And it was like, you know, a touchdown, which I'm even surprised he went at all. But he kind of had to because he was flying over going to the Mexico City summit. And he just looked so stupid, I thought, standing next to Oberdor, the president of Mexico, um, who was schooling him left and right. Um, and basically not given in anything. And then he comes back with the list. I couldn't believe this, Dom. You know, when President Biden comes back from the summit, they had the list of like what the priorities were from the summit. And I think like number two was environmental issues, like, you know, like electric cars. And I'm thinking, oh, that's really going to solve everything at the border, send some electric cars and windmills. And then national security was like number four or five on the list. It was so pathetic. So he sees an opportunity. And after what happened this week, Dom, with these classified documents, which I think are just a total disaster for President Biden, um, I think people like Eric Adams and I bet you Gavin Newsom and a whole bunch of these people are going, hey, maybe there's a path for me at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, do you think he has a shot, Dom, or is it uh, is it all wishful thinking? Absolutely, because it'll take Eric Adams all of five minutes to, you know, discharge Biden's batteries, so to speak. <laughs> By the way, I wouldn't give him five minutes. I'd give him like uh, like thirty seconds. That's I mean, look, right. I don't. Even, did you see him today walking to the helicopter? It was like he's trying to act like. Not a care in the world. Meanwhile, he's uh-huh. worried, like, is my son going to jail? Am I going to maybe jail? I mean, it's bad. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things hanging over, and who knows where it goes, but it, it doesn't look good. Yeah, you know, there's only two reasons Biden ran for president, for the bomber jacket and the sunglasses. That's about it. <laughs> no, the Corvette. He gets to keep the Corvette in his garage, Dom, you know? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where, everybody, you know, where everybody keeps their classified documents, Dom. But but Rita, this is this is this this wouldn't be this would be funny if it wasn't so dangerous and so much. And we're going to lose the country if we if we get a Democrat in the White House in the next in the next in 2024. That's what I'm afraid of. Seriously speaking, you know, no, all kidding aside, that's what's going to happen. If well, we have a lefty in the White House, either Gavin Newsom or Eric Adams, we're going to be in a hell of a mess. Even Kamala Harris, we're going to be done. 
Well, and you if know, Kamala Harris, so. if uh, if Cackles gets in there, Dom, uh, we're in big time trouble because, uh, you know, with her, it's a laugh a minute. You know, every time it's like uh, a comment about a million refugees, she starts laughing. It's so inappropriate. But I think that's why if people see like that Biden's diminishing, they're thinking, hmm, maybe there's room for me because Cackles probably couldn't handle it. So maybe there might be an opportunity for him. But I hear what you're saying, because if they keep this open border policy, we are in big time trouble. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 800-848-9222. And this is The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great law enforcement and also their families, a powerful story coming from Hillsborough, New Jersey, where three police officers saved a 15-year-old boy's life after he went into cardiac arrest while playing basketball for St. James School in Basking Ridge. Now, the teen collapsed on the court two minutes into the game last weekend at an intermediate school. Bystanders started performing CPR just before Officer Tiana Ramos arrived on the scene, who said he was blue, he was not breathing, he was not responding to any stimuli. So I quickly got my medic bag and hooked up the oxygen. Now, minutes later, two other officers jumped in to help. One of them, Officer Dylan Ely, who started compressions, he said the first few minutes in a situation like that is critical. Also, another officer said, I looked to the right and the school's defibrillator was already on the ground. It was already set up. So I looked at someone who was standing over it and I said, hey, hook up those pads to him. Let's try to get this hooked up immediately. After one shock was administered, they were able to get a pulse and the child started breathing again and responding after they called his name. One of the officers said, it's amazing, not just for us, but for people also. And when it comes down to its family, his father was there. So we were so glad that we were able to bring him back and get him home. The teen was taken to a local hospital and is listed in stable condition. What a great story and a powerful story of teamwork and the great work that our law enforcement does every single day. Well, of course, it is a disaster at our U.S. southern border. By the way, some of the new numbers are showing over 5 million plus have crossed the border since Joe Biden is president. Think about that. In a little over two years, 5 million people have illegally crossed. And Title 42 hasn't even been lifted yet. It might be lifted next month. If it is indeed lifted, they are predicting that maybe 13 million plus could potentially cross And Joe Biden wants us to think, oh, he's doing something about the border. He had a chance. He was face to face with the Mexican president less than a week ago. And guess what? He didn't really say anything. Nada, nada, nada. And basically, the Mexican president just embarrassed Joe and basically said, well, you're not doing anything. And thank you. I'm glad you're really not doing one meter of border wall. It's the first president in a long time. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. And now we are getting word. That New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who's been vocal about the migrants coming to New York City, but also vocal about supporting the migrants. He's kind of trying to have it both ways. What a surprise. He's now taking his first trip to the southern border. And Dom and I were just talking. Dom, who just called in from Minnesota, I agree with you. 
that this is all about politics. It's not about progress. It's not about trying to solve the problem. If he really cared, he would have gone down there a while ago. He would have been meeting with even some of the governors who've been bussing people up. He would have been doing all that stuff. Instead, he wants the federal government to pay for more migrants to come to New York City. And to basically, he says, oh, yeah, we need to take care of our own, but we also need to make sure that the migrants have a good condition. And hasn't really said anything about them tossing out the food that they don't like at the four- and five-star hotels that they're staying at in New York. So he's going down to the border for a little dog and pony show. And boy, it just reeks of politics. First off, who could forget this is Eric Adams not that long ago talking about how the migrants, somehow they they contribute. Take a listen to this. People are saying give free telephones, free Metro card, free this, free this, free this, free this. Everyday New Yorkers don't have free telephones. Everyday New Yorkers don't have free Metro cards. Everyday New Yorkers are not given free places to live. But they're getting it. The migrants are getting it. So he's like talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's like, yeah, people in New York should be getting some of these services for sure. What about our homeless veterans? And yet, at the other hand, he's not doing anything to incentivize them from going back. And he's not criticizing the root of the problem, which is the administration. And it's his party. So, I mean, this is all bluster. And this is what he said about the busing of migrants not that long ago. Take a listen to this. This is horrific when you think about uh, what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas, uh, after a month of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction to come here uh, to New York. So let's see. By the way, he just blasted, as you know, and he's done it a number of times, Governor Abbott. Remember when Biden arrived in El Paso, Governor Abbott met him at the airport and gave him that letter that basically said you are, you know, $20 million late and you're, you know, way too little too late. We need funds. We need resources. And Biden basically blew him off. But I'd be curious, is Abbott going to meet Mayor Eric Adams when he comes to the airport? And what will he say to him? And let's see if Adams really says What we all know is true is that that border is wide open and it is a major security threat. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Susan. Line eight. Susan, your thoughts about Eric Adams going to the border finally. This is a total smokescreen by him. Um, Partially and maybe greatly, I don't know to what extent that he lacks critical thinking skills, because when he opened his arms and said, we will bring in, you know, these these deserving migrants and they deserve to be, he did not have a contingency plan. He did not go ahead of time and say, how is this going to be viable for the people that elected him? And now he's he's up between a rock and a hard place because a three-year-old girl was pushed into the subways in New York City. People are getting slashed left and right in the face riding the subways to work. So he has no 
And he has options, which he's unwilling to take, naming and shaming, as many people on the station have said. And he thinks he's going to get higher office from this. This is a tragedy that that he is turning his back on his constituents. And this is a smokescreen just to just to divert from the just horrendous way and the budget that he put forward. And he's saying we have to have more people coming in. He should have laid that out ahead of time if he wanted to pursue oh, his grand um, charity at whose expense. Now, that's a great, by the way, Susan, that's a great point. And you know, it's also just like you should. He should have said, guess what? Vote for me. I want a sanctuary city and you taxpayers will pay for it. And uh, is there a problem with that? Just in case the federal government maybe doesn't come through, I'll try to ask them. But if they, uh, you know, short shrift me, which they clearly don't want to pay them, they don't have the money. They're just expecting each of the cities to do it. But like you said, put your money where your mouth is, as opposed to going, wow. How come I want to have uh, this panacea for migrants? Um, and now, God, it's really tough because I have to be an adult and balance a budget. So uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a, this is not what the voters wanted. And you're right. If he did have a plan to have them come, he should have had it all laid out. He should have had hotels maybe offering free rooms. Uh, he should have had whatever the case is, but not have it on the taxpayers back and now sit there and complain after the fact uh, you know, because it sounded so good for him political with his far left cronies. I 1000 percent agree. Susan, thank you very much. Let's go to Pat. Line six. Pat, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Rita, I'm going to make this short. Um, I just want to tell you, I'm a I'm a 76 year old person on a fixed income now, worked so hard all my life. Think I have to think twice before I can buy something that I might like. And I just want to tell you a flashback that I have. These people are not struggling, and I'll tell you why. When I was about in third or fourth grade, the first thing I would do when I came into class is I would look around the classroom, and I would see if somebody wasn't in their seat because I knew the teacher would give me their milk because I didn't even have money to bring in to school for milk. Wow, you know how tough it is. I mean, you know exactly how tough it is. Wow. And then when you hear these migrants complaining about food when they're put up in four- and five-star hotels that are very expensive that, you know, the average New Yorker can't afford, and just like you said, food is tough, and they're throwing it out. And to me, it's like they're ungrateful, and we're we're not making them grateful, Pat, either, too. Not, they can't be that hungry and that desperate if they have to throw away that food. I'd like to be the person at this site where they might throw it out. No, you're right. You, you're absolutely right. It's outrageous. And you hit a very powerful point um, because there are so many people, Pat, that are struggling, um, just as you talked about yourself, you know, that go to the grocery store now and look at the prices and go, wow, how are you going to make ends meet? Um, the economy with inflation and everything And now, you know, he's trying to figure out not how he can send them back to the border. And think about, you know, Pat, what really is so frustrating about this situation, too, with Eric Adams is here he is. He said, "Okay, I'm going to, you know, because of my police background, I'm going to fight crime. Hasn't really done it now um, on this border situation because he's a Democrat. 
And he is dealing with, you know, a, a huge amount coming to, you know, New York. Nothing like what they're dealing out in the border town. You know, if he thinks New York looks bad, I hopefully he's honest. And I hope they don't clean up the streets of El Paso. I hope he comes back and goes, God, I thought it was bad in New York. It's 30 times worse in El Paso, if not more. I mean, El Paso gets, you know, this is like a drop in the bucket, uh, 40,000. They wish they had 40,000, you know, since May. You know, I mean, they're like sleeping on the streets there. So I hope he would use his position as a Democratic mayor. Um, and he says he's trying to be, you know, uh, kind of uh, fair to everybody. If that's the case, then he should use his position and take on the administration. I think there's a lot of people, Republicans, Democrats, independents, who would say bravo. But he's not doing it because he hasn't done it yet. So if he does it now, it's phony baloney. Um, and Pat, I, I hear you because I hate, look, I, I'd love to be the country that, that can welcome a lot of people, but it's not a good time right now. The country's tight. Families are tight. American families are tight. And our priorities should go to American families first. Um, and my parents came here. I've talked about it. My parents came here legally. It took them many years to become American citizens. And they cried when they became American citizens, you know, and they're like, they're going on a bus and then they're complaining the food isn't good. Uh, what is not good? Uh, clothing. We're not giving them uh, what uh, tuxedos and gowns. Do we leave that out too? Uh, I mean, I hear you. I, it's really terrible. Pat, thank you. Let's go to Bill. Uh, line three. Bill, your thoughts about all this? I've got two quick thoughts for you. The first is that bread and butter is the uh, tourism is the bread and butter of the city. You now have no stores. The subways are dangerous to ride. Broadway is going down, and now there's not a hotel you can stay in. And the second one is that to invade a country, you have to either sail them there or fly them there. Well, they found the easier way to, to get an army into, into the United States. Five hundred, You said five million people were sent in over the border. There's an invading army in this country. Yeah, I don't, by the way, I, I, my heart goes so much, Bill, especially to those people living at the border um, and in El Paso. And that's why I hope he gets an accurate picture of what's really going on at the border, um, because, you know, no country can handle suddenly five million people coming in a two, you know, two year span. And think about if it gets even much, much higher in terms of percentages with this Title 42. I mean, you know, we're a big country, uh, but that is a huge influx. And it's not being vetted. Uh, They're not being checked. I mean, there are so many issues with this in terms of national security bill, Uh, not just economic. But when you think about what's happening, that they're not checking the criminal records, they weren't vaccinating them, Uh, even at the height of COVID. So many of them were just getting through by even the Biden administration's admission. It, It was stunning. Let's go to Rob. Line one. Rob, your thoughts about all this. I think the whole thing is a show because what is this obsession with having to go to the border? I don't have to go to the border to know that 5 million people have come in, a million people have gotten away. And if 1% of that million people are terrorists, that's about 10,000 people. It took 19 to take out the World Trade Center. Did Donald Trump ever have to visit the border other than oversee the construction of the wall? No. So what is this? It's a dog and pony show. And don't forget, Newsom was in the White House about three months ago when Joe was overseas. So they're already lining this up to get rid of Joe. And that's why documents are popping up all over the place. He's on his way out. 
Yeah, I, by the way, uh, your point about sort of this happens to be that they're kind of pushing them out. I do think there is interesting stuff with the timing of all these classified documents, Rob, um, that suddenly they're popping up. Somebody's revealing them. Um, and clearly he's sloppy with them, too, which we'll get into in the next hour. But, boy, uh, the timing right now doesn't look good for Joe. And I think I do think, actually, though, on the flip side, Rob, that I think it is important to go to the border. I do think, obviously, a lot of the Democrats, you know, surprise, surprise, Biden going, surprise, surprise, Eric Adams going. Clearly, that's political and it is sort of just showboating. But I think there is something genuine when you go down there. I've been down to the border a couple of times and it is scary as heck. I mean, you know, the cartels are ruling the roost. Uh, the local officials are outmanned. They're outgunned. It's a really difficult situation, and I think it gives you even greater perspective of how difficult it is for our folks at the border. I'm talking about our law enforcement and also just the horrible stories of the migrants crossing, how tough it is, you know, what they go through. This isn't, you know, this isn't the way that they should be going through with cartels and human smugglers. It's when you see the stories and you put a face to it and you actually see what's going on, I think it does help with the problem. It doesn't take it, just like you said, uh, you know, a second grader can see what a problem it is, but it certainly also reinforces it, too. And that's why I think if you're a leader of a country or a major city, you should be down there at some point. But you're right. It shouldn't take a visit uh, for them to open their eyes to see what is really happening. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. one 800 848 And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at Frank FrankBrunoLaw.com. That's FrankBrunoLaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's the Rita Cosby Show. to be taking care of business. He is going to the border for the first time. And boy, is it one big political show. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Carlos, line four. Carlos, your thoughts about Eric Adams, who complains about the strain on New York City, complains that he doesn't get more money from the federal government, but then he doesn't complain about the migrants basically coming across the border illegally, which is obviously the root of the problem. Hello, good evening, Rita. I've called the show before, so I have extensive experience working for the government. Yes, by the, the way, I remember you, Carlos. You've been there on the front lines in uh, Customs and Border Protection, yep. Yes, the problem with Eric Adams, somebody has to pinch him and bring him back to reality. Just like de Blasio, he's not going anywhere. As far as the so-called migrants, I told you last year that once you change the language, you change the narrative. These people are not migrants. These people are illegal immigrants coming here for better economic opportunities. As a Customs and Border Protection officer, I processed 
real asylum seekers from Ethiopia, from Kenya, homosexuals from Iran, those people would eat anything, including the ready-prepped meals. Anything you gave them, they will eat it and they will be thankful. These people are not real asylum seekers or refugees. They're taking advantage of a weak president, of a weak mayor, of a weak governor, and exploiting our resources. Those resources should be invested in the veterans, citizens, and people who live in New York City and the rest of the country. You know, Car- you hey, Carlos, advantage of that? Carlos, you know, and, and that's what, you know, when you hear about the food being thrown out, um, it just epitomizes exactly what you just said. What percentage do you think of the ones that are crossing now are legitimately a seeking asylum? Like you talked about some of those cases, which you're right. That's what it, asylum is for. What like what amount do you think now of that are crossing? What percentage really fit that criteria? Let me tell you something. I also used to work for U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services back around 2008. 97% of asylum applications were denied in the New York district area. Right. And out of the 3% that were approved, most of them were later overturned. I could guarantee you that over 95 or 97% of the people who are crossing the border are now real asylum seekers. I was at the border in May, in April, so I got to speak with plenty of them. I just got back from South America. And there are more of them coming. These people are just illegal immigrants in search of better economic opportunities. And unfortunately, the laws are not being enforced. No, you're right. And you know what? And you know what's sad, Carlos? That, that, like, we're the suckers because we're not vetting them. We're not checking. And just like you said, they see a weak president and an opportunity to come on in. And they're taking full advantage of that. Um, Carlos, thank you. You're you're awesome. And tell all the folks there at Customs and Border Protection, we love them and we appreciate them. You got to call back on the show. I always love when you call, Carlos, because you always have such great firsthand information. Thank you so much. Um, let's go to Michael real quick. Line six. Michael, your thoughts. Yeah. Hey, Rita. Uh, Adams is a total fraud. Uh, do you recall recently when uh, the World Cup games were he went over to Qatar under the pretense of that he was going to learn about security at uh, at the games. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. No, no, no. And listen, I think all of this is about politics. He's saying, maybe I could be President Adams. It's the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Because your perfume is smelling sweet. couldn't believe this, that Joe Biden is going back to the crime scene. He's going to Wilmington, Delaware. He's already there. This is where his home has been for a long, long time. And this is indeed now basically a crime scene. It's a potential crime scene, not even really potential, because if you look at it, clearly he mishandled the documents. He's got more classified documents strewn all over uh, America than, you know, uh, you know, somebody has a set of teeth and they're a dentist. You know, it's like, what are you kidding me? They are everywhere. You know, first the bat shows up at the Penn Biden Center in D.C. 
right down the street from the embassy, the Chinese embassy, and right next to a steakhouse. You can't make that up. And then there's a whole bunch in a box, basically, next to his beloved Corvette. We're going to get to that. I heard some details on the Corvette just recently. Boy, as you all were listening to. Um, And then there's another one that shows up in some room next door. So the scene of Wilmington, Delaware, that house where Joe Biden has been living for quite some time, to me, is just a huge unsafe location, certainly to be keeping classified documents that he never should have had. So there are so many questions tonight, so many people reacting to the big news that now a special counsel has been appointed. First off, Merrick Garland had no choice. He had to absolutely appoint a special counsel. It was so bad. And there are still so many unanswered questions tonight. I have so many as to why we didn't know about it sooner. How can you say when he described the timeline yesterday and he announced the special counsel and he said, well, we were alerted on November 4th. Well, why are we just finding out about it in January? Why did the Department of Justice sit on it for two months? They should have alerted the American public. That, to me, smells really fishy. Then they didn't go in with guns blazing like they did at Trump's compound. That's a double standard. And now here we are, and they want us to believe, well, Joe just inadvertently mishandled the documents. That's what they're saying, that the documents were, quote, inadvertently mishandled. That's what they're saying is basically the reason for it all. So to me, it's absolutely stunning that here we are tonight. And basically, in the middle of it all, we are hearing about the fact that he's going to Wilmington, Delaware. That's where he is tonight. It's like, uh, what is he doing? Doing some more house cleaning? Let's see what else he discovers. I mean, and if you look at the house, it is wide open. In every shape or form. I mean, you see these pictures of him like doing commercials and doing videos and he's backing in the Corvette and there's like this box of papers in the background. And I still can't believe when Ducey asked him about it yesterday, that exchange is like priceless. Uh, in fact, let me play that. This is the repull number one. This is Ducey asking that famous question because I've never I've heard a lot of defenses You know, I've covered a lot of legal cases in my day. I've never heard the Corvette defense. But listen to this. This is Ducey, Peter Ducey, Fox White House correspondent, asking Biden the question yesterday. And and this just he's either clueless or dumb. I'm not sure which one. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week. People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway, in a garage. yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified materials seriously. You should know that I take classified documents seriously. Uh, really? I mean, that is the biggest, biggest joke after... It's turned out that he has all these classified documents scattered all over the place that he didn't seem to know about. When did he take him out? Did he even have justification to take him out? We know some were tied to Ukraine and Iran. So that's awfully fishy, too, especially with the fact that his son was making so much money tied to Ukraine. And then when were they moved? 
The Penn Biden Center, by the way, in D.C., again, wasn't set up till 2018. He left early 2017. Where were the documents? By the Corvette? I, I mean, you just can't make this up. So tonight, we know he is in Wilmington, Delaware. And take a listen to what has really raised a lot of headlines in the last few hours. There's a whole bunch of new information tied to Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, this is Kellyanne Conway's take of the fact that he's going back to the scene of the crime. Joe Biden is going to spend his 175th day today in Wilmington, in, in Delaware since he's been president. That's a lot of days. Uh, we don't know who else had access to these do- these documents. I think beyond the right wing uh, in social media today, people are taking note that Hunter Biden claimed that home as his residence for several years, had a driver's license in that home. We already know what happens when he's left his own devices. There are going to be investigations into his dealings in China and Russia and Ukraine and whatnot. Right. You're going to have Hunter Biden have access. And now we've learned in the last few hours that Hunter Biden happened to be at that house for a few years and not just happened to be at this house. This blew my mind when I heard this just a little bit ago. There are reports that Hunter Biden was telling people that he owned that house where the famous Corvette and all those loose documents were, right? And then in the middle of all that, he was paying his father, according to multiple reports, $50,000 a month rent. At that house. So uh, forgive me, you're 50 years old, you're paying $50,000 a month rent. That sounds awfully fishy. Is that where maybe some of this foreign money was going? You're staying with your dad, who's the former vice president. You're staying at the house and you're paying him $50,000 a month. If you can afford $50,000 a month rent, Why would you be staying with your dad and you're 50 years old? What did he owe his dad for? What was he paying his dad for? That's an awfully huge amount of rent. I've never heard anybody pay that kind of rent. I don't care if you're a Beyonce, you're not paying that kind of rent. Or Jay-Z, any of them. I mean, that's insane. Are you kidding me? $50,000 a month he was paying his dad for rent in the house that now happens to be where some of these documents showed up that were next to the old prize Corvette, and Joe wants us to believe it was safe. That is a stunner. And at that house, by the way, too, get this, you can't make this up. They were apparently having security problems at the house when Joe Biden was vice president. So they actually sent a whole bunch of people to the house because the system was there, the basic security system was malfunctioning so bad that a long time they cut it off. And then there were security cameras that were there that weren't working. They cut them off, too. That was while he was vice president. So you can imagine after he was vice president, they probably didn't have a lot of people monitoring it. And I wonder if the devices were shut off maybe around the time that some of the papers happened to spring up there. And then you got Hunter Biden living there, paying his dad $50,000 a month for rent. You can't make this up. There is something really, really suspicious now. And listen, this is what Judge Jeanine Pirro had to say on the five today, because now that we're hearing all this Hunter Biden intermingling, it makes you wonder what role did Hunter Biden have or did he see these documents Did he see any of the stuff? Did he do anything with the papers? 
Did he? I mean, if they were just sitting there near their Corvette, he apparently, I think, changed the motor on the Corvette and changed the engine on the Corvette. And then he happens to glance over and it says top secret. Oh, Burisma. Oh, I can't wait to take a look at that. Here's Judge Janine Pirro of what she thinks should happen ASAP. What I want to know, if Hunter Biden, Jesse, lived in that house where there were documents in the garage, and by the way, the garage door has been left open in the past. That's already been reported on, and the documents are right there. The documents have been there at least six years because it's been six years since Joe Biden was the vice president. Then the question is, who had access to those documents? And if Hunter was living there, I want someone to fingerprint those documents. I want those documents fingerprinted. So I know that Hunter Biden has definitely not touched them because I suspect that there's more to it. There is definitely got to be more to it. I don't believe in all these coincidences. And what was Hunter Biden spending? Five O K 50 K a month for his dad. It, it does not make sense. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael uh, on line four. Michael, what are your thoughts about this? Rita, dear, I didn't get a chance to talk to you last night, but thank God I got you today. Okay, a couple of, thi- <coughs> a couple of things that probably most of your listeners don't know. First of all, Biden shut down the... Uh, what? down What's that, Michael, real quick? The, hold on. Shut down the government's ability to track Chinese students in the U.S. That's right, through the, through the Penn Biden Center, right through uh, University of Penn was pushing that, exactly. But not only that, all those Confucius centers that were set up by China, number one. Number two, he also shut down the Treasury Department from tracking large sums of money either coming into the U.S. or leaving the U.S. So what do you make of all this, Michael? Because you're right. That's awfully suspicious. What do I make? I'm putting it on the table. This guy's no good. And also, also, um, based on what I heard on the Great Ones show earlier tonight, um, it's documented in Hunter's laptop. He quoted that the, first of all, Blinken worked with Biden in that uh, Penn Center right. thing. Yep. And then he brings him in. And his lawyer, his lawyer was also tied up with things in Hunter Biden's computer. Man, let me tell you, this is bad stuff. And by the way, Michael, you hit it on the head because that's why James Comer, who is head of the Oversight Committee, says that he is going to start looking at this ASAP and all the Hunter Biden funds and the money um, and these intermingling, like you said. You know, the other thing you reminded me of, Michael, because you're obviously well read on all this stuff. Uh, Joe Biden's assistant, there are reports of one of the assistants who was helping pack up uh, the office there at the Penn Biden Center, apparently, was this Asian woman who Hunter recommended. Somebody from China who Hunter just happened to recommend. You can't write this. 
And then apparently there's also um, information in a text, according to reports, that Hunter Biden said um, that he had to go to this meeting tied to University of Penn, that it was a must per his father. So they were clearly intermingling at this UPenn. There was huge amount of Asian money came in. Um, it's somewhere like there are 50 to 60 million, apparently, and like quadrupled as soon as the Penn Biden Center started. So all these things just there. I, there's too many of these things that are intermingling. And why is Hunter Biden playing such a key role in all this stuff? And when it comes to stuff that involves huge money, uh, like we talked about just now with the Penn Biden Center, like the $50,000 rent. I, I don't know anybody who pays their dad $50,000 rent and doesn't like uh, buy a, a mega mansion somewhere instead. And you're 50 years old. There's just something that that is so questionable now. And this just to me looks so bad. I think this looks terrible, Michael. I think this could be the beginning of the end of Biden's presidency. And I think he is so vulnerable, especially on all the Hunter Biden stuff, because, you know, yeah, you can say, oh, I misplaced you know, documents or I did whatever. But the whole thing, if it turns out that there's money and it influenced decisions like the one you just talked about, sort of making it easier for China basically to spy and some of these other these institutes and all these things you were just talking about, uh, that is really bad stuff, really bad. And right now, uh, there are so many unanswered questions. And it's funny, the Democrats never wanted to look into Hunter Biden. Joe Biden always was so protective of his son, uh, but because he probably knows there's a lot more there there. And I think we've just hit the tip of the iceberg. We're going to continue taking your calls after the break. Michael, thanks for the call. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Well, things are not looking good for Joe Biden. I think this could be the beginning of the end of his presidency. I just think it's so bad, and I think it's going to intermingle now with Hunter Biden and so many problems with him and issues with him and a money trail that could be explosive. Take a listen. This is Senator John Kennedy, one of our favorites from Louisiana, talking about where he thinks this is headed. Well, this may seem like a strange analogy, John, but uh, I I think this is not going away. And the coverage of this, in some respects, is going to be like the coverage of the border crisis. Um, Your station started talking about the border crisis early and first. And it was ignored by many members of the media for the longest time. But they can't ignore it anymore, and they're not ignoring it. Uh, I think this this situation is similar. I think you will have some uh, some left of center news organizations who will try to 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 uh, to, to not report on this. But uh, uh, the United States of America is a pretty big rug. It's too big to sweep this under that rug. I, I think the American people are going to want to know what happened. And already the media, we're going to play some clips later uh, in the press briefing today. They're starting to ask some tough questions because it's so bad. It's so obvious, just like it was so obvious that Garland had to appoint a special counsel. And this is what Judge Janine has to say about just how reckless Joe Biden was. 
The issue is not the number of inadvertently misplaced documents. It's not whether uh, the, the, there were so few or whether he's fully cooperating. The issue is whether or not he had documents and he was grossly negligent in not keeping them in the proper storage area. That's it. End of the story. So I don't know why all of a sudden there's this whataboutism. Yeah, and in fact, uh, the White House has already admitted they came out, the counsel uh, for Joe Biden said that it appears the documents were inadvertently mishandled. That's the exact quote, inadvertently mishandled. They admitted that there was a crime. They admitted that they were mishandled. That's 90% of it. Basically, case closed. We got it, <laughs> you know. Now the question is who, what, where, when, how. So let's see what happens. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Stan. Line seven. Stan, your thoughts about this? What crime? What crime? You know, he never said there was a crime. You, uh, you said there was a crime. Yeah, you know you what? Yeah, hang on, Stan. Stan, hold on, uh, hold go. on. No, no, no. Don't get your knickers in a knit. Okay, here's the deal. Knickers. Hang on one second. <laughs> well, you should. It might help. Uh, but here you go. If you mishandle documents and you didn't have the authority to have them. They are mishandled. That's why the Biden case, I actually think, is worse than the Trump case. Trump says that he declassified them. Only a president can blanket declassify. A vice president cannot. So he actually had no authority to declassify. He didn't have them. And he's already admitted that he, quote, mishandled them. His team, his legal team, already has said what they're hoping for, I think, Stan, is a Hail Mary by putting it out there that maybe the public will say, oh, that's just that's just old Joe who can't keep track of anything and couldn't keep track of classified papers or doing the sympathy PR route. But they basically are falling on the sword already, Stan. Technically, it's already illegal. Go ahead. Hunter Biden has been brought up here 50 times. Uh, no, 50, it's no. I brought him up about 60, but go ahead. Right, I, I'm off 10. The point is this. What what do you have? You got nothing. This guy says this. The guy that just called before says he knows this. He heard this. You heard this. That some sources told you this. There isn't one thing that you have said that is true. Oh, Not wait a minute. Stan, Stan, Stan. Stan, you know what's true? He lived in the house. What's true is he is a crack addict who is addicted to porn. He admitted it himself. You see the videos. They would make uh, anybody blush. Uh, you know, hopefully anybody blush. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people. It made me blush. I think it'd make you blush, Stan. But regardless, he is clearly, uh, you know, a, a derelict. That's the nicest thing I can say. The guy is a drugged out cokehead by his own admission, and he had access to the house. And Joe Biden's team basically said it was, he said it, the president himself said it, it was right next to the Corvette and a locked garage. I, I mean, don't you think there's a problem here, Stan? And he made suddenly millions upon millions of dollars and had no business background. That, to me, is a disgrace. If he sold out our country, shame on him. Go ahead, Stan. The music's going on. Can I come back after the Yeah, first? you can. That gives you some time to think about it. If you like the song, Stan, then you can like even listen music, a little longer. All right, Stan's going to come back. He likes the music. We love you, Stan. And everybody will continue with the calls. 1-800-848-9222. And Rita and Stan will be back after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, which I love doing here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and also their families. A powerful story coming from Murrieta, California, where military veterans were honored at the Rotary Club of Murrieta's Veterans Appreciation Luncheon, which took place at the Field of Honor in the local Town Square Park. Honorees included a World War II veteran, his son who was in Vietnam, also a Marine Corps veteran who served in Afghanistan, and an Air Force retiree who was also a junior ROTC instructor. Hundreds of military veterans, their families, attended the luncheon amidst more than 2,000 American flags, how beautiful, that were magnificently displayed in the Town Square Park during the 14th Annual Field of Honor. It heralded the theme, Who's Your Hero? And the local Rotary Club there had sought hero nominations from friends, family, and other people in the area for the special recognition at the luncheon. And how beautiful that they are honoring veterans of all different generations. I always love doing this here on the show where we honor the best of the best, our great military and also our law enforcement. Well, we're going to get to your calls in just a moment. We were talking, of course, about these latest developments that Hunter Biden seemed to have maybe his fingerprints technically all over it. We know metaphorically he was weaving and bobbing through all of this stuff. If you look at everything, he was living in the house now where we know classified documents were found in two locations. And also there are reports that he was paying $50,000 a month to his dad for rent. That is an eye-popping number, and definitely Republicans want to get to the bottom of that. By the way, we do a big podcast Every week, and I love it, it's called Protecting America. So this week, I had to talk, of course, about this bombshell of the special counsel. And I interviewed Brett Tolman. He is a former U.S. attorney. He is with Right on Crime, uh, the executive director there. And we talked about the legal implications of now a special counsel. We also talked about, I asked him, was there a double standard? I mean, look at it with the Trump case. They go in with guns blazing to Mar-a-Lago. And so far in this one, we know that they've basically kind of tried to sweep it under the rug until it got leaked out to the media early this week. And now they can't escape it. And he talked about just the different standards at the way this Department of Justice has handled these two cases of documents. Take a listen. What they've already done is pretty egregious in terms of a comparison between how they've handled this versus how they handled Mar-a-Lago. On Mar-a-Lago, the National Archives knew about the existence of the document. They were in the possession of a former president who does have classification and declassification powers, who also has a skiff at his residence. So here, they didn't know about it until November so in the Mar-a-Lago situation, they knew all about it, and they still unleashed a, you know, a search warrant and a raid on Mar-a-Lago and all of the publicity and leaked pictures and documents related to it. Here you have quiet November. They knew about it. They keep it quiet. There's no raids on offices. There's no leaking of documents and pictures. There, even the appointment of the special counsel 
on the Trump classified documents situation. Merrick Garland did that on a day he knew that Biden had also possessed classified documents improperly. So it sure seems like clearly he had no choice. The question is, why did he sit on it for two months? And don't you think this is going to really end up with a couple words, but I think of two right off the bat, Hunter Biden, all of these details that he was visiting this office, he was having meetings with the Penn Biden Center, he was living at the house. You've got a drugged out son by his own admission living at the house where now documents that were top secret and marked as such were at the house in a stored area near his prize Corvette. Uh, to me, what could go wrong there? 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go back to Stan. Stan, did did you get to listen to some good music? Yeah, yeah, some good <laughs> stuff there. You know, Cousin Brucey and you should get together, you know. Yeah, good. yeah, I would love that. By the way, I would love that. He's good at it. He's great at you're, the music. You've got some good choices there, too. Anyway, let's get to the real meat of the matter. Hunter Biden. Look. You have nothing. You like, innuendos. You say this. You, he, he's at his house. Of course, that's his house. It's his father's house. Where's he going to stay? So why is he paying? In? Why is he paying? According to multiple according, reports, according, Stan, according, Stan, that's, that's fact. Stan. Guess what? There were reports about the Hunter Biden laptop. That turned out to be true. And there were reports about nothing. What's no, on it? There's a lot of damning stuff. What's on it? You got the money to it? the I money to money to the big guy. We just got to find out who's the big. Guy. Show it, prove it. You got nothing. Big you money, Stan. Stan, hang on. Okay. You let me just ask you. You look sure. at you look at the guy with all okay, due what, respect. I'm, no, let, let's just talk about with all obvious respect. The guy, by his own admission, was so drugged out, and we played the clip where he can't separate Parmesan cheese from crack cocaine. That he's so strung out by his own admission. You got a guy who is clearly in la-la land, drugged out with all these hookers of all these different countries. That, those are facts, all right? And the other fact is all this money was coming into him. We are talking about millions of dollars were coming into him from the former mayor of Moscow's wife. That's a fact. Also, money coming in from Burisma, this Ukrainian energy company, Chinese as well. He was making tons of money on the Chinese. Now, Clearly, they were not paying him for his, you know, intellectual prowess. They were clearly paying him for access to the father. So they were clearly way overpaying a guy who didn't have the experience in these areas. So the it begs the question, what were they paying him for? And now we're hearing that clearly there was change in some policies. So did the money directly influence policies did the money, why is he paying his father a, a reported $50,000 a month? I'm not surprised by that amount based on all the money he was taking in. So it, it certainly needs to be looked into, Stan. Don't you agree? You could look into everything you want. I'm not, first of all, I don't like the guy anyway. I never did, okay? But you could look. Who you, who, who you don't like? Uh, uh, Hunter, Hunter Biden? Yeah, yeah the guy's. Oh, the guy's Joe I like. The son is out of his mind. But the, son, but, the, but the son was in a place that was clearly unsecure, and you're going to have like classified documents with a strung mean, out guy? Rita. That doesn't mean he saw the document. That doesn't mean anything. No, but, no, but it sure means it oh, was it pretty. Sure means. It means I'd he like was to, accessible. One, it means it could have question. been stumbled upon. It makes let it a lot more question. dangerous. Go I ahead. I have one question for you because something was mentioned on this program before 
that got me upset. And who is this guy calling up and saying that he had an affair with Jill Biden while his wife was alive? What idiot said that? Who is this guy that he knows that Joe Biden had an affair? Didn't his wife and kid be killed? His wife was killed. Who is this idiot that has the nerve to go on the air? There, yeah, there was a guy who called in earlier. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't, I can't well, remember I his name, Stan. Well, he never would have been elected president if that that never happened. Did it happen? Actually, actually, hang on, Stan. I'll just tell you what I do know on that or what we've heard, I should say, on reports. There have been reports that there was something, uh, some sort of affair. He was tying it to the Corvette and that there was, I don't know if that's true or not true, and I don't know all the details if there was an affair or not. I think Jill Biden's husband said that she ditched him for Joe. That's what he has come out and said. Uh, whether it was an affair or not, who knows? You know, but, you know, obviously, somehow the guy wove the Corvette tied to it. You got to admit, his Corvette excuse is the lamest excuse, Stan. I mean, him saying that when, when Peter Ducey asked him, and that's why the guy brought up the Corvette, because I guess it was it made Joe look sexier, I guess, than the Corvette. I prefer a Mercedes for the record, but that's a little different. But anyway, so if you're talking about, you know, the whole Corvette excuse, which was the reason the guy brought it up, you, you stand with the, with honesty. And, and you know, you, you've admitted you just said you think Hunter's a, a cuckoo, which I do, too. So you got to admit that for President Biden to say, oh, the documents were safe. They were locked in my garage next to my prized, beloved hot rod Corvette. You know, that that is the lamest excuse that I've ever heard, Stan, for top secret documents. Go ahead. With you, I thought the comment was stupid, okay, on that regard. But to bring up that, uh, that, that Jill Biden's just getting over cancer. And if anything, and I, I think I, if he doesn't run, I think his wife's health may be the breaking point. Forget about all the papers. I think his wife's self may well, be Well, and by the way, I apparently, right. that I was, I I was okay. about to say, apparently yeah. the it was a minor, very minor surgery, and she's doing fine, which is, thank goodness, of course, absolutely, 1,000%. And, and the one thing I will agree with you, I'm not sure if he's going to run again, because I, uh, I think there's some people on the Democratic side that are very happy to see these documents uh, coming out right now, because they see that he is super-duper- vulnerable in all of this. Um, I mean, and listen, take a listen to this. Um, let me play a little clip that is related. This is um, this is Judge Janine's thought. Um, and I agree with her because I think there's something to this, Stan, in terms of the fact that you listen, look at the timing. He was just about to basically announce he was going to run again. And thank goodness his wife seems to be fine. So I don't think that's an issue at this point. He was happy about the midterms because the Democrats did better than most people thought. Um, and so, this, lo and behold, suddenly this comes out. So I agree with Judge Jeanine. Take a listen to this. I think that it is worth asking how and why this story is breaking now. Is this some of the Dems who don't want Joe Biden to run? Everybody's known about this for months in Washington. Now are they leaking it so they can say, you know what, the motive right here is we're going to tank Joe Biden and get him the hell out. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something behind that. Stan, thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, Let's go to Pete for his take on the future of Biden and the Corvette. Go ahead, Pete. Rita, first of all, I think this is going to be a case of the big E word, 
espionage. Well, you know, uh, Biden's kid, you know, doing all that trading, $50,000 rent. Oh, um, um, unbelievable. I mean, I yeah. complained when my father was getting $100 from me. But when then at my wedding, he gave me an envelope with all the money that I gave him for all the years saved up as a little start in life. And I appreciated that. That's very, but, but, uh, and so Pete, Pete, now you just talked yeah. about that like that. That's a nor. That's obviously, by the way, how beautiful is that? That's lovely that your son did that. That's a class act. Uh, but you're obviously a great dad too. So that, that's why that happened. This there, have you ever heard of a son paying a father $50,000 a month for rent? And have you ever heard a father charging a son $50,000? I've never. Ever. I mean, that, that this is there's something here. This is remarkable, Pete. That's money for the big guy. That's I guess that's basically that's what it is. I mean, that that's preposterous. I mean, totally. It, I is. Mean, this is, it is. It is. It is. It is. Got great it stinks. Cool is calling up. I heard, I love Melania. And you got Jackie <laughs> and you got Norman, man. You know, we have our own conversation after the show goes off. We have like a party line some nights of the week, which is unbelievable, you know, because Jackie and Norman, the things that they, the knowledge that they have is so beautiful, along with a lot of the other callers that I can't just start naming the names. Do you invite Stan? Do you invite Stan to the call line? No, but you know, I respect him because he's a veteran and he's older than me. Okay, I hope he's older than me, but he's all right. So I respect my elders, and everybody is entitled to an opinion in this country. That's what makes this country so great. One thousand percent, my friend, and and I agree with you. First of all, I the the veteran is obviously a, a huge soft spot for me, and and there's something very lovable about Stan. And listen, he agreed with me that that Hunter's a, a nut job. That's an easy thing to agree to, but he, he did agree to that. Um, Pete, thank you very much. And tell everybody on the party line I send my love, too. I appreciate that. Uh, let's go to Morty, line seven. Morty, your thoughts about all this. Rita, hi. How are you? Good. How you doing? What, what do you think about, uh, uh, first of all, this whole thing? $50,000 Hunter was paying a month, according to reports, and the father was getting $50,000. There's something, there's something really Rotten in so, Denmark, and my mother's Danish, so I don't say that lightly. <laughs> so, 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 Rita, really, really quick, with that, Stan kind of really set me off again. I respect him because he's a veteran. I'm an Army brat myself. My father's a veteran. Thank I you. I called in a, uh, um, a couple days ago, and I kind of said, you know, you can shower people with facts and bring them to the concentration camps themselves, and they will still deny, deny, deny. See, I'm not going to speak for you, but for me, you can say bad things about Trump, and I'll say, yeah, you're right. But the thing is, is you have to be willing to say the opposite. Say your guy, too. Biden makes mistakes. No, he doesn't. Hunter makes mistakes. No, he didn't. Where's the laptop? Where's the proof? Like, I've seen this stuff myself. Now, you're talking about $50,000. Is that in reference to the text messages that he sent? He said he's like, I've been paying for this family for 10, 12 years or whatever he said. I, you know, I've been paying all the expenses and this and that. Is that, is that the same thing? That's, or? that's separate. But you actually just reinforced it because you're right. There was also those text messages that say, I've been paying for dad for X and X and X. There's a report that he was paying 50000 a month at that house when he was there. That's in addition to what you're talking about. So that actually is sort of like uh, a reaffirmation. Uh, you just reminded me because he's like, why am I paying all this money? Why am I saving X amount? Why am I covering X for dad? 
Um, there sure seems like a lot of stuff there, and it's certainly warranted for a key investigation, which James Comer, who's head of the Oversight Committee, said he is going to get to the bottom of it. So uh, I think there's a lot of there there, and it needs to be out in the open to find out what was the money for, where did it go, um, and I tend to think it's for a little more than some drugged addict, strung out son. Um, and now we find out that they're hanging out at the house in Wilmington where the papers are, the classified papers. This is just a formula for disaster. 1-800-848-9222. And when we come back, also another edition. I love all your calls. We've had some great ones tonight, as we always do. We're going to continue with your calls and also play a little bit of Rita's Ringers. It's the Rita Cosby Show. We could jam and chose your lives. His mama was screaming and his dad was sad. We was playing the same old song in the afternoon. And sometimes we would play it all night long. Could we play a better song? Jammin' Joe's Garage by Frank Zappa. I want to hear about, uh, what, cruising in the Corvette. That'll be the next one. Or the declassified uh, dance song, right? There's a lot of them out there. But we love your calls. I think I have the best calls in the world that call into the Rita Cosby Show. I love each and every one of you. And so we put our highlights together every week, and we call them Rita's Ringers. Here is this week's edition. I miss your shows. I'm hurt. When I don't hear from you, I'm hurting too, Phil. Rita, always a pleasure. And every time I talk to you, I just feel good. If you were a betting girl, which you may be. Sam, I bet every day I put you on the show. This is Rita's Ringers. Let's go to Howard, line seven. Howard, your thoughts? You know, in history, people have gotten extra names like Alexander the Great. Biden's going to be known as Biden the Boop. Biden the Boop? The Boop or Boob? Boop. That's not bad, Howard. I think that might be a nice name. I think there's some other names I could think of, uh, but I can't say them on TV and on radio. Let me just say a couple of things. Maybe if they give him chocolate ice cream... If they give him chocolate ice cream, he might step over just for like five seconds somewhere, perhaps. But otherwise, forget it. Do it. And by the way, that's a good one. You know what? They could say that there's a new ice cream parlor because he likes chocolate and vanilla, right? I think, right? I'm trying to remember. No, no, he likes chocolate. Only chocolate together with Nancy Pelosi, the two of them. Any kind of chocolate (laughs) for his Alzheimer's, for his Alzheimer's, for his brain-addled nutcase. Give me a break. First of all, this will not backfire on him because the media protects him. That's one. And two, he will acknowledge nothing, Rita. He'll actually maybe say, oh, doing a good job. Who knows? He's so nutty. This is his chaos. This is his invasion. He wanted this for two years, and this is a PR stunt. I told your screener, this is a photo op, and this is what we call BS, Rita. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, B- BS plus chocolate ice cream. Judith has solved it all. I love it. He would be a good guy to write storytelling, you know, the one where you tell tall whoppers and lies. Actually, you're right. He would make a yeah. really good, like, like, like... Here's one. It's only two lines. It got so cold that winter, this boy's shadow froze right to the side of his house, and he had to leave it behind. Rita's Ringers. <laughs>
and keep those great calls coming and find out if you make it to our Rita's Ringers, which we always play here on Friday nights. Let's go to your calls, you guys. Let's go to Norman, line one. Uh, Norman, what do you make of uh, the $50,000 a month that there are reports that Hunter was paying? Can you believe that? Yeah, Rita. Um, I, have a, I have a friend, Jane. She's a realtor in Wilmington, Delaware, a really big realtor. Uh, I just texted her. Uh, is there a single residential uh, uh, property that rents out for $50,000 a month in the city of Wilmington? And she just wrote me back. No. She goes, this is not New York. Um, absolutely not. And uh, she wrote, you know, it's obviously like a write off. And then she wrote rip off. So, (laughs) well, that, by the way, it's good to get a gauge. I mean, even if you look at it, I mean, I can't imagine any home. I mean, I I, I don't even know what place, even if you had like five castles in like a mega Mm -hmm. property, that it would be fifty thousand dollars. It's this is stunning, Norm. And that's why I think Mm -hmm. these things need to be looked at. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, there are there are properties that probably do rent for fifty thousand dollars a month. I, I mean, in New, in New York City, I, I believe it. Uh, maybe in yeah, you know, maybe some, maybe something owned by like a shake or something like that, like yeah, a penthouse, or, or in right? LA, you right. know, like Malibu overlooking the water, but I mean, not there, in there Wilmington, some, Delaware, Norm. No, no, not in Wilmington, Delaware. Absolutely not. And especially if you look at that property, I, I mean, there's something so fishy, and it's his father. I mean, that's what. There's just yeah. so many questions here. <laughs> Norm, thank you. I'm glad you got right to the source and check with the realtor. That is awesome. Let's go to Anastasia, line three. Anastasia, your thoughts about this? This is amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing, Rita. Uh, me too. <laughs> me too. Joke. This is a real joke. What does he think? American people are fools? Well, that's what I think. I think he thinks that nobody would check into it. Because guess what? For the first two years of his presidency, nobody was. Uh, The GOP didn't control the House, so they didn't have subpoena power. Now they got it. And now the floodgates are about to open. And the first week alone, they've already said they're going to start looking into it. Can't wait for week two. Wow. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.